Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are your humble hosts, and we are broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. So, Julie, I had a lot of interesting calls today with our coaches, and of course, mm-hmm. our coach, Julie and I coach our coaches, and the coaches coach all, all of you. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, very predictable. There's always these nor- normal, natural times of the year where people's energy is more ebbing than flowing, right? And this mm-hmm. is one of those times, and it's, it's interesting from a coaching perspective how predictable these things are because people are what? They're going on vacations they're, or they're affected by their clients going on vacations or they're seeing their friends and family go on vacation and they're jealous. There's so many little uh, little type things. And you know what, guys? Uh, the worst thing you could do is fr- frustrate yourself over it, right? If you've got some time scheduled with your family to go to the beach someplace, then go to the beach and be present with your family. Um, if you're Past clients and whatnot are all kind of saying, listen, um, we're going to be, you know, at the beach ourselves for the next two weeks or whatever. You just got to kind of chill. You got to keep your emotions in check. So it is, and I do agree that it's smart to drill down and work harder and stay more focused and all of that, but you've also got to keep your emotions in line. You can't burn yourself out by trying to essentially, you know, look for oil where there's no oil to be found. It's just a natural uh, time of year where a lot of times it just feels like there's a little bit more forward, uh, you know, basic the building momentum is just a little bit more challenging. Don't give up. Don't just kick your feet up on your desk. Keep trying, but just keep in mind what I said. And the other, you know, sort of natural, organic times that you're going to experience other headwinds going forward, just keep this in mind. You might want to write this down, is when kids go back to school, typically at the end of August, beginning of September, and then you have the last week in October. Then, of course, into November and December, you have, I mean, it's hit and miss in a lot of markets, depending. Some of you have great, fantastic winter months, but for a majority of the country, you know, a lot of folks are not in real estate buying or selling mode. Schedule those things out. Keep in mind that, you know, there are, it's not like we're wall-to-wall holidays or wall-to-wall people not right. wanting to do real estate transactions for the rest of the year. So don't use that as an excuse. But at the same time, don't just fry yourself emotionally. Um, When you do feel those headwinds, it's natural, it's normal, uh, just appreciate it and look at it for what it is. It's nothing, nothing's probably wrong with you. I can't really guarantee you there's nothing wrong with your business or your approach. That's why you have a coach, so they'll tell you if there is, right? (laughs) That's right. So, Julie, did you run across any interesting problems or conundrums with any of our coaches today with your calls? Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you read my mind because we're talking about exactly the same thing. And yeah. I and not to jump to conclusions, you know, real estate is so up and down naturally that it's easy to say, oh my gosh, something really major is happening in the market, and my showings have slowed down, and things aren't selling instantaneously. I was actually joking with one of our Atlanta clients today that, you know, okay, so now we have summer vacation, but if you think about how the market acts and how when you're prospecting and you're doing your lead follow-up, well, if it's the holidays, everybody waits till January. If it's January, we're yeah. waiting till spring. If it's spring, we wait till school's out. And if it's the summer, we're all on vacation, and then it's the holidays again. So just what I said to her was, just pull up your big girl panties and get to work. You know, it's like, who cares what's going on? Do what you're supposed to do. Take your own vacations when you take them. And if you have a consistent daily schedule with specific, you know, goals in mind and daily minimum standards that are based on what you want to do this year, 
then you become immune to all of, all of these ebbs and flows. And yeah, some days are going to be better than others. Some weeks are going to be better than others. But you become immune to that you know, constant objections that everybody throws at you because there are people moving all the time, buying and selling all the time. And when you're consistent and you don't listen to all of these objections, you'll have commission checks all the time. Well, sense? so what so what Julie's rolling into is when you do run across somebody who's basically saying, "I want to wait until we're back from this, or wait for this to happen, or whatever," um, you do obviously don't want to just succumb to it. You want to try to overcome the objection by, you know, kind of following the pattern of what Julie just said, just to kind of break it down for those of you guys who are really, you know, paying attention, which is hopefully all of our coaching clients. Make sure that you're explaining to the seller that despite the fact that, yeah, there's a, a little bit less showing activity this time of year in most markets, the fact is there are still homes sold. And historically, Mr. Seller, I don't know if you realize this, but in July and August, you know, these are the number of closings we typically have. And you'll see that despite the fact that there is less activity, the actual sales volume doesn't decrease, if, and in many markets it increases. Furthermore, Mr. Seller, I'll suggest to you that the now is a brilliant time to have your place for sale simply for the fact that a lot of other agents are advising or a lot of their sellers are choosing to sort of just basically take a couple weeks off and maybe not allow showings or, you know, take the house off the market. I mean, those types of things happen this time of year. So that means it's an extra good time for you to put the house for sale because your house will be readily available for showings and then for a contract. In that same conversation pattern, you can use throughout the rest of the year, especially going to the holidays. You guys know if you've been selling real estate for a while, when you're dealing with mostly sellers and, and comes November or December, you're going to have a lot of holiday objections. That same conversation pattern is will we'll pull you through. But you will still find that they'll still be resolute in their decision not to put the house for sale and wait because they just don't want to bother with it. Respect it. Don't burn a bridge. Don't put too much pressure on them. Ask permission to follow up with them, then obviously follow up. So we're going to pick up today where we left off yesterday, and we're talking about the 25 easy secrets for happiness, freedom, and success. And Julie, I believe we're on point number six. All right, you got it. So point number six, and this is a really critical point as we set you up on your cliffhanger yesterday. So point number six, happy people have very low expression of ego. Boy, this is a big point. They admit mistakes. They actually apologize when it's appropriate. They know the difference between confidence and arrogance. So what do you do at that point? Remember, we've been giving you action steps, so it's not just a bunch of great, you know, it's the difference between coaching and training. We're telling you what to do about this. Well, so what do you do about it? Observe how many times during your average day you have some expression of, quote, having to be right or summarily rejecting responsibility. Make the commitment to apologize sincerely when appropriate. So actually observe yourself. Now, there's a secret to this. A sincere apology actually has four elements. Admitting what you did wrong, acknowledging that some pain or damage was caused, stating that you are responsible, and then regret with you know, a promise not to repeat that same transgression and asking for forgiveness. So it's not just, hey, sorry, won't happen again. That's not really a sincere apology, right? So people with low ego understand that there is admission of responsibility. Admit their mistakes, apologize, and move on. That it's okay to admit that something went wrong versus people with high ego where it's always somebody else's fault, same people that generally are not very happy. Okay, We're talking about happiness, freedom, and success here. So people who have those things have this common trait of having a low expression of ego. And I think if we all take a second to think about 
who we know who is like that, we all probably can come up with some examples of that. And sometimes that's the best way to just emulate how that person is. Does that make sense, Tim? It absolutely does. You know, ego is such an interesting topic to study. We've talked about that on a lot of previous radio shows. And, you know, it's something that you guys got to go back and listen to and really understand really what ego is and the influence, negative and positive, that it has on your life. If you want to really drill down and study that more, uh, go read or listen to books by Eckhart Tolle. He really is probably one of the most, I think, eloquent speakers on the topic, explaining really what it is, how it affects you. And we all sort of have this Western understanding of what ego is. You know, ego is basically, it's all about me. You know, you, you, we have all these, like, sort of, uh, I would say, boxes that we try to put. When we say someone's got a big ego, we automatically have this sort of interpretation of what that means. But the fact is, is the ego shows up with your unwillingness to change, your unwillingness to learn, your absolute insisting on being right. Julie was talking about your unwillingness to accept responsibility for the mistakes you make. Your, you know, those types of things. That's where ego manifests itself. And really the, the end result is you know you have a uh, probably an uncontrolled, unchecked ego when you really don't see yourself moving forward in really the five categories of life. Um, so that's where you can really monitor yourself. So like a lot of you, our business is growing quickly. I mean, matter of fact, since the beginning of the year, we have added between coaches and salespeople over 50 people. And one of the constant challenges we have is, like you, communication. So how do we all keep in contact with each other? We have actually upgraded our entire systems to VTech phones. Now, I personally was very fearful of getting into the whole, you know, figuring out what phone system to use. And I was very tempted to even do what a lot of you are probably doing, just say, well, the heck with it. I'm just going to go with the cell phone and use that for everything. But unfortunately, cell phones have a lot of limited use. The drop calls, the receptions, the audio quality, all that good stuff. That's the reason that we are looking for a really great solution, and we went with VTech phones. And now the wonderful thing about VTech phones, and I'm going to give you guys some more specific, specific information about that now, is that they're just so easy to use. They're just plug and play. You don't need an IT guy. You don't need to call out you know, your phone guy. It's simple. It's an elegant solution that all of you need to seriously consider, whether just you and an assistant, or it's you and your in your team, or frankly, the VTech four line small business phone system might even be perfect if you are working out of your house and use it as your home phone. VTech's new four line small business phone system is the perfect solution for small business owners that need to install a phone system that has the qualities and features that they have previously only been available for companies with bigger budgets. The new system is the most affordable and easy to install four line system on the market. The four line small business phone system components include the main console and the optional of expandable cordless desk sets, cordless accessory handsets, cordless headsets, and speaker phones, allowing the system to grow alongside a business up to 10 extensions. Expanding the system is a complete breeze. Need to add an extra desk set? Not a problem. With the touch of a button, a small business owner with minimal IT experience can wirelessly register up to nine expandable components. And because they register wirelessly, the expandable components can be located anywhere there is power since only the console requires a phone line. That gives a small business owner the freedom to move around. No need to plan your workstations around phone lines or Ethernet drops. In addition to the ease of use and simple installation, the four-line small business phone system also comes equipped with a number of advanced features such as auto attendant for each line, a digital answering machine with mailboxes for every extension, full duplex speaker phones, music on hold, power failure option, six-way conferencing. The VTech 
four-line small business phone system components are available in stores and online at Office Depot, Office Max, and Staples, as well as online at vtechphones.com. So, Julie, point number seven is also a great point. Happy people make decisions quickly. Since they are okay with making mistakes and recalibrating, happy people uh, move forward more quickly and don't get stuck on decisions. So, Julie, what are the actions these guys can take to actually put this to use? Yeah, so how do you actually start making decisions more quickly? Well, just ask yourself, what are you currently procrastinating a decision about? And I guarantee you every listener has at least a few things that they can write down. Put a deadline to decide. Stop procrastinating it. Ask questions to help make the decision and decide and move forward. Here's a secret. It's helpful to remind yourself that if it turns out to be the wrong decision, you can always recalibrate. Another secret to this, when you make tough decisions, act as if you've already decided one way or the other and see how you feel about it. Act as if you did that, it's 90 days later, it's 30 days later, how are you feeling about it? That will probably tell you what the right answer is. And I found also with coaching clients, Tim, that if you remind people, hey, this is not necessarily a decision about the rest of your life. Maybe this is just a temporary thing. We'll see how it goes and recalibrate if we have to. With agents, I see this in, in several different areas, right? Um, getting ready to get started to tackle something that they know they need to do, like pre-listing package, listing presentations, scripts, etc. Sometimes they take forever to decide on maybe switching brokers or something like that. The issue is people who are happy make decisions quickly and they move the ball forward. So put a deadline on those decisions and move it forward. So, all right, perfect. Point number eight, happy people have clearly defined standards in their personal and business lives. Happy people are very clear about what they want and what they don't want. So Tim, what do you do with that? I mean, happy people clearly define standards. We talk about this all the time. How do you do something about that? Well, my favorite way is minimum standards, right? So have three to five minimum standards that you're going to do every single day. Coaching clients, as your coaches are coaching you to do, a minimum standard from, remember, the five categories of, five goal categories of life, right? There's physical, spiritual, mental, which is also educational, financial, and familial, right? So what you do is you, it, a lot of you guys are trying to pursue this uh, idea of balance in life. I've yet to run across a balanced person. I've never been balanced in my entire life. Um, it's really important you guys don't try to uh, think that there's some magical way to be balanced because the reality of it is, is you're always out of balance. You know, during part of the day, you're working on you know, focusing on your business, so that would be the financial category. Maybe on the weekends, you're you know, spending time with your, you know, fa your family or you know, you're focusing on spiritual uh, whatever, right? So it is what it is. So accept the fact that generally speaking, we're always out of balance, and don't stress yourself out about trying to, you know, because you never feel like you're in balance. It might happen occasionally, but for the most part, being out of balance is natural and normal to anybody who's working on becoming better and improving their skill set and, you know, frankly, making a lot of money. It just is what it is. Now, with that said, try to have minimum standards every day, but not too many. So three to five minimum standards every day is what we prescribe to everybody. Uh, one of the obvious ones would be some form of exercise. Another one would be, you guys can choose your own, but these are kind of the strong suggestions. Some form of, um, uh, you can call it meditation, you can call it prayer, some time where you're going to be basically uh, calming your mind and focusing your mind. You know, I personally meditate 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon. 
Uh, again, don't get caught on the word meditation. I know it's a word that's used heavily for Eastern religions and everything, but the fact is, is meditation is proven um, to be, A, non-religious, and B, to have a very powerful effect on everybody, and it's not complicated to learn how to do. Read great books on that. A, a fun book I read, by the way, I actually listened to it on a plane, was a book by Russell Simmons. You guys might want to look that one up on Amazon. Uh, so and that would be a minimum standard. Another minimum standard, focusing on money, obviously, is a certain number of contacts every single day. Another minimum standard might be uh, doing all your lead follow-up every single day within, say, 10 minutes, or having specific rules that you're going to govern your business by. Never leaving um, an email or a voicemail unanswered by the end of the day would be another minimum standard. So with your coach, guys, come up with, the, again, three to five things that you're going to do at the highest level every single day, even if you don't feel like it. And the accumulation of having done those uh, little steps every single day really do add up. Remember, guys, uh, one of the I, – I almost always laugh when I say this, Julie, because it's so anti-motivational poster, but it's so mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys want long-term, ever-increasing success, just accept the fact that it's about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. The highest level part is the part that you can't forget. So it's one thing to sort of call it in and do a crappy job and, okay, well, I did it, which is, you know, I'm going to call my centers of influence and past clients today, or I'm going to do lead follow-up, but you don't follow a script and you do kind of a crappy job. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Guys, being massively, wildly successful uh, in this industry and really anything else, it isn't really that hard, and for the most part, for most of you, it's only requiring maybe another 10 or 20% of focusing on the, the things that are going to get you the most results. That's what your coach is for. Now, by the way, guys, if you're not one of our coaching clients and you want to have a free coaching call with one of our coaches, it's simple. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And remember, when you do, we're going to give you two of our books. And one of them is uh, The Real Estate Treasure Map, uh, which I have in my hand right now, and the other is Think and Grow Rich. These books are for sale on Amazon, but like I said, we're going to give them to you free when you request a free coaching call. So free coaching calls for agents.com. So, Ms. Julie, next point. All right, point number nine. Happy people do actually have negative emotions. They feel fear, uncertainty, confusion, and frustration. However, they do not allow those feelings and thoughts to control them. They identify the feelings and take action to reach resolution, moving towards a positive change. So it's not that they're just immune to these negative emotions. It's that they're taking control of them. So here's your action step. Observe your reaction when you feel a negative way or have negative thoughts. Do you replace those thoughts and feelings with action, or do you immediately get stuck? Tim, I think it's easy to identify people who are stuck because it's like it becomes their story, and they just don't get off of it. right? So that's one way that you know. And if that's been your habit, then again, replace it with something positive. And the most important thing is to take action of some sort to get away from that negativity and towards a positive outcome. So don't think that happy people just naturally don't have any negative, sad, or frustrating thoughts. Of course they do. It's what they do with them. And there's a saying that says you can't control the first negative or uh, sad or unhappy or frustrated thought, but you can control every thought that happens after that. So don't set well, an expectation of eliminating it altogether. It's what you do with it when you do feel it. Those of you who have pursued this topic before, you know that one of the common threads is that uh, learning to be present in the present moment is what ultimately will make you feel happiness. And that is 100% true, no question in my mind. So what 
Julie's point number nine was, was in essence, you being present in the moment with your current emotional state. It's very interesting. So I'm going to say that again. Start becoming an observer of your own behavior, or more specifically, of your own emotional state. And ask yourself, how do I feel? Just ask yourself that now. Ask yourself that throughout the day. Now, don't just become some sort of, you know, don't go overboard on this. But monitor your emotional state, and you'll find throughout the day that your emotional state changes a billion percent. I know personally, for example, I feel a thousand times better at the beginning of the day than I do at the end of the day. I, you know, at the end of the day, I've done a lot of work. I've talked to a lot of you guys. You know, I've exercised twice. I've done a lot of things that at the highest level, uh, even when I didn't want to do them, following my own advice. So I've gone through the paces. So at the end of the day, pretty much I've left it all in the field and I'm wiped out. I know that that is my emotional cycle. I know that's how I feel. But I also know that at the end of the day, that's when I'm most likely to start having negative thoughts and emotions. So what I do is I monitor the thoughts and the feelings that I'm having, and then I stop them. So you, as Julie just said, you can't necessarily um, prevent the first one from entering into your mind. But if you're being present with your feelings and your emotional state, you can stop the first one and you can and prevent it from manifesting more negative thoughts. So when you're having a negative thought, and it could be a negative thought about anything, you want to observe it. Don't empower it by trying to figure out where it started. Don't empower it by trying to think about why are you feeling that way. Don't empower it by trying to rationalize that it's some, you know, whatever, right? Just observe it. Observe it like you are a scientist looking through a microscope and something in a Petri dish. That's the visualization that I want you to have. Because when you do that, that is 100% one of the first uh, steps to being in control of your emotional step, uh, self. And what you're actually observing most times when you're seeing that fearful thought or that negative thought is that is your ego that you're observing. So the next thing that comes after that is if you don't want to continue to manifest that emotion or that feeling or that thought, you need to create your own little mantra that you're going to say to yourself. Say, no, thank you. You know, no, thank you. Um, we don't want any more of you here. You know, something like that. So when you're having a negative thought or emotion, recognize it. Aha, I see you. You're happening right now. I'm, you know, I'm having a negative thought about my health or I'm having a negative thought about my financial whatever. I'm having a negative thought about politics or, no, oh, I see you there. I see how you're manifesting. I see how you're trying to, you know, grow. I see how you're trying to latch on to other thoughts. I see how you're trying to change my mindset. No, thank you. We, we, don't, we don't want any of you here. Get off my lawn, right, that Clint Eastwood line. <laughs> so get off my lawn. I mean, visually have a shotgun in your hand and then be aiming it at that negative thought and don't be afraid to give it both barrels, guys. That's how you start to control your emotional state. Otherwise, what happens is one negative thought becomes a negative thought, another, 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 and then you start tuning into certain types of media that help to reinforce the negative thinking. You start mm -hmm. hanging out with negative people. You start creating a world where everything seems to be negative. And that's not the world we live in, guys. But it all starts with you recognizing, and the first time you recognize that negative thought, the first negative thought you recognize, you will remember that for the rest of your life because you'll have observed your own behavior. And, again, that negative thought, that fear-based thought was your ego, and you just became the observer of it. And then you'll realize that you can actually determine your emotional state. You don't have to wait around for your emotional state to determine your actions. Your actions can start controlling your emotional state. So, Julie, what's the next point? Well, you know, I was just thinking, Tim, you know who's really excellent at this? 
is our little girl Zoe, who's only 18 yeah. months old. And, ha- and it's amazing to see how much better she's gotten at that, how she, she actually declares that she's happy. It's like she's yeah. giving herself an, an, uh, an affirmation. She actually says to herself out loud, good girl, right? Yeah. And when she is feeling, which is almost always like the rest of us, at the end of the day, a little bit yeah. worn out, a little shot, what does she do? She lays down on the floor and says, night, night. She's, she's yeah. pretty good at recognizing it and shutting it down. Now, well, if, the, <laughs> when we overplay with her, she has trouble. But <laughs> and, yeah, right. At only 18 months, the other thing she'll do is she'll, she's only 18 months. This is yeah. our first kid, so we, this is all new to us. So those of you who have, like, you know, tons of kids, this is like, oh, we had that happen 100 times. Yeah. So for us, it's all new. So the other thing is she'll go, happy daddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> happy mommy? She checks on everyone else. <laughs> She does. So it's, awesome. it's really, anyway, it's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Julie, let's try to get but, to But I think there's group. a lesson in that, you know, is that she recognizes and announces it. So at any rate, uh, next point Yeah, well, is, yeah, no, yeah. I, I get your point. It's pure, right? It's ego-free. Mm-hmm. That's what you're, you're expressing. All right, so let's go into point number nine, right? I think we're on think. point number ten. Let me look here. Oh, well, that would even be better. Okay, point number oh, yeah, ten. Right. Happy point people 10. Yep. are ambitious. They detest the autopilot mode and strive to be in the pilot seat instead, even if that means flying into unknown territory. Passive behavior leads to reactive and victim types of emotions. Active behavior leads to happiness. The simple act of taking control just by itself puts you in a better place emotionally and mentally. And you, you know, you got to think about real estate clients. When they come unglued, it's always because they feel out of control. You put them back into at least the perception of control, then they're happy again, right? So happy people are ambitious. They don't like that autopilot stuff's happening to them. They're more about creating things happening and being that catalyst. So what do you do about that? Well, what are you avoiding right now that persists? What are you feeling like a victim over or out of control of? Write three things to actually take action on so you're back in the pilot seat and not in the back of the plane where the toilets are. Take control. Be in the pilot seat. So I think there's a lot to that point, Tim, is just the action of taking action can make you feel better. Just that you're doing something instead of nothing. So the theme here on this point is happy people are ambitious on a big level, but also on this micro level where they're taking control of things. So I think we'll do one more point, and then we'll continue. No, actually, this we, are we, you good? We don't, yeah, we have to wrap. So okay, guys, here's, the, here, here's the bottom line. Go back and listen to these points again. If you want to pursue, some of you, and I, look, I've been doing this long enough. I'm not stupid. I do know that the Chinese proverb that says, when there's a lesson to be learned, a teacher will arise. I know when Julie and I are presenting information like this, it's, if you know, there's hypothetically 100,000 of you that are going to listen to this. Well, I know not all of you are going to have all these points resonate. I, I get it, and that's okay. But those of you who are looking for this lesson, those of you who are ready to learn this stuff or at least start learning it, and you want any specialized help in it, uh, I mean, go to our reading list. We have our reading list published. Um, I know Real Estate Coaching Essential students and, of course, our normal coaching students, you guys all have access to that. But do pursue this. You'll find that, like I mentioned a book earlier, Eckhart Tolle, you know, he's really a specialist in really helping people focus in on uh, really the destructive powers of ego. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned a, a kind of a fun practical book on meditation by Russell Simmons. Pick that up. When you go on Amazon, you guys know this, when you go on Amazon and you're looking for a book and you're reading the reviews, they'll, and uh, iTunes does the same thing. 
they'll also show you all the other books that are sort of related to it or the same, you know, people that, you know, bought this book, bought that book. You know, take a flyer, take a chance, pick some of those books up, start listening and reading. The other side of this, the other side of understanding this, or at least being on the journey to learn what we're helping you, hopefully you guys to internalize from this week's radio shows, is that you will become a happier, um, healthier, more successful person that other people will really want to be around. But what's more is you then all of a sudden will become almost a coach to your clients and the folks that you work with in your office. They will see and sense a different emotional and almost spiritual state within you, and that will be an attractor. That's that intangible it factor that everyone sort of like, you know, when you hear someone describing some, you know, famous person or whatever, you always hear them say, well, when he or she walked into the room, you know, all the energy and everyone looked at him and da 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 da, da. Well, if you were to like write down what the characteristics are of the person that had those qualities, what we have been presenting to you guys are pretty much the checklist of the qualities that you'd want to have for yourself. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter anything. It doesn't matter your financial situation. It doesn't matter nothing. It, this is all stuff that you should learn because it makes it so that you literally will have a richer, fuller life. Your engagement on this planet your enjoyment and your appreciation of everything that you experience is heightened, um, almost almost to a level that you didn't even know existed. So trust me, this is a path that all of you should pursue, even those of you who are just now listening to us on autopilot who aren't really paying attention. I know that's probably a good half of you. <laughs> okay? So what is your homework? Like every radio show, I want you to listen to real or go to real estate. I'm sorry. Well, go to real estate coaching radio and listen to replays. But more importantly, if you have yet to have your free coaching call, you're entitled to it. So go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and Julie and I will talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.